The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Alrighty, everyone. My name is Josh. Welcome to the Barca Bloodgrounds podcast. Today, we're going to do a short recap of the 2-2 draw against Espanyol. We're going to talk a little bit about some news, and uh, yeah, let's get into it. So, I haven't really had my voice in like the last last few days, so excuse me for the voice cracks and uh, any any strange things that may happen as a result of that. So, 2-2 Barcelona. Um, this still leaves them at the top of La Liga, even though Real Madrid won. I think they're still ahead on goal differential. Let me look at that. Yep, still ahead on goal differential. So just a short recap of the match. If you didn't get a chance to see it, uh, nothing really happened in the first half. Um, it was kind of a slow match. And then Espanyol went ahead after 23 minutes. There was just a free kick swung into the penalty area, and then David Lopez put a pass NATO. Um, Barcelona's offense was very... It just felt passive and just kind of just felt slow. Um, there wasn't really much direction to it. There was there was really, I guess, the one offensively potent move that they made was the Lionel Messi header that was from Sergio Roberto. But other than that, they just looked slow and lethargic. They looked like a team that was still on holiday, and nothing really that great happened. Um, Ernesto Valverde did make a second half adjustment. Um, Rakitic didn't play that well. So he brought on Arturo Vidal, and the bright spots of the match were really Vidal and Luis Suarez, if I had to pick two players. Um, those were the two guys that were the most impressive, in my opinion. They played the most consistent when they were on. Um, there were moments where Suarez looked older, I guess, um, but he was still offensively potent enough to do things against Espanyol that made him worthwhile. Um, Vidal was a spark when they brought him in in the second half. And um, that was, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about that later in the podcast, but um, him staying at Barcelona after the second half of the season is going to be vital for them. And apparently they've, they've continually told him that he's not going to be sold in January. Um, also, apologies if you hear, you know, some background noise. My, you know, my month and a half old daughter is sitting right next to me sucking on a pacifier. So, uh, it's not me sucking on a pacifier if you hear some pacifier-ish noises. Anyways, <clears throat> so Suarez and Vidal, of course, had both the second-half goals for Barcelona. And this was this was really the... Um, this was a perfect example of why you don't sell someone like Arturo Vidal in a strange season like this. You look at Barcelona had a strange... Like the midfield of Rakitic, Busquets, and De Jong didn't have their best afternoon. Um, Busquets didn't do anything extraordinary. We'll talk about De Jong later. But Rakitic does have it in most matches, it feels like, when you play him. But this was one of the matches where he didn't have it. Um, He didn't have much in the way of offensive creativity. 
he looked a little slow-footed, and it's nice when you can bring on someone like Vidal in the second half, and that was a nice adjustment by um, Valverde. He didn't wait. He just immediately brought him in, and then five minutes into the second half, Suarez converted the Jordi Alba cross to make it 1-1, and then shortly later in the 59th minute, um, Vidal put it a put a goal ahead to put Barcelona up to one, and that seemed like it was going to be the end of things, and uh, it wasn't. So before we talk about De Jong, um, Suarez and Arturo Vidal are continually delivering. Um, Suarez has been involved in Barcelona's last nine goals in La Liga. Uh, bless you, young young child. That was my baby sneezed. Um, four goals and six assists. And the last, how many games is that? I don't know, but that's basically like their last nine goals in the Liga. Um, four goals and five assists, excuse me. So he's been incredible. And then you go over to Arturo Vidal. He's had six shots on target this season and six goals. He's been giving them an extra edge and attack from the midfield like they've needed. And it's been pretty nice to watch because... Um, when the midfield does seem a little lethargic and a little slow and you have an off day from De Jong like you clearly had today, it's nice to be able to bring in Vidal from the bench and have some extra offense get put in immediately. Um, you don't really have to you don't really have to create a ton for him, it just kinda happens. Um You know what, actually this is this is a good time for a break. And then so after this quick little break, we're gonna come back, we're gonna talk about Frankie De Jong, we're gonna talk about Barcelona's away form. And we're going to talk about uh, a little news and some quotes after the match from Luis Suarez. So we'll be right back after a short break. Alrighty, and we're back. So Franca de Jong, it's been incredible for Barcelona all season, been very consistent. This was his first red card uh, for Barcelona. Um, he had already been booked for a foul on Mateus Vargas. And then had a nice little foul on uh, Jonathan Cagliari. And uh, was left with a red card. You could tell it immediately impacted him, right? There's a lot of photos from the match that show how um, downtrodden he was after receiving the red card. Um, this was the first of his career. Um, him and Rakitic both played just incredibly poorly, right? Like, obviously Rakitic shouldn't get a red card, but um, the midfield, kind of the progress we had seen um, in the latter half of the um, – calendar year 2019 the last few matches um, really took a step back in this um, so De Jong's red means he's going to be suspended um, against Granada on the 19th of January and so he's just going to have Vidal Busquets and Rakitic as the main senior midfielders he's probably going to have to bring on Sergio Roberto if they want to make any sort of adjustments um, there's a couple more Spanish Super Cup matches to play through that so it's going to be a little bit interesting to see what sort of adjustments Valverde can make if, if any, um, but this is, I, you know, this isn't, there's not really much to read into. Jayong had a crappy match. He's going to be suspended for the next, next one. And, uh, he's clearly going to learn from it. Like this stuff clearly bothers him. And, uh, and yeah, you know, you're just happy this sort of mistake comes in a January La Liga match instead of, um, instead of more important matches later on down the road. So, um, Barcelona's away form. Um, Jill wrote about this and her three things to learn from the match that you can check out on the website. So they had a two-point lead over Real Madrid and then another poor away performance kind of put them back tied at the top of the table with Barcelona only had on goal differential. Um, 
They've won just four of ten away matches in La Liga this season, and they've conceded thirteen matches in those or thirteen goals in those matches. And uh, there's still some tough away matches to go. Um, there's Real Madrid, Valencia, Villarreal, Celta Vigo, among others. And so things are really going to have to change for Barcelona on the road if they want to win in La Liga. Although they've, it's pretty incredible. They've kept this sort of pace while playing. Like it's incredible they're they're technically winning La Liga right now while playing this sort of crappy away form, um, but you would hope that this doesn't carry over into the Champions League, because obviously that's a it's a bit more impactful than getting a little draw away against Espanol. So that's kind of it for the recap of the match. Not great. This is another match where afterwards you know you hear the calls for Valverde's head. That's the that's one of the main takeaways among the De Jong red card is when are they letting Valverde go? Uh, they're not letting Valverde go. <laughs> that's just uh, I think it's been pretty clear at this point that even after a poor away performance, that there's not really much Valverde can do to get fired at this point besides bomb out of the Champions League. So until that happens, this is just going to be kind of par for the course. Another lackluster away performance that was costed at the end. Uh, Frankie de Jong's red card was obviously very impactful of that. Like if you have a full team, if you have full 11 on the pitch, then who knows if that last goal happens. So I don't know how much you can actually blame Valverde here. Um, I think you definitely can. Uh, Jason Pettigrove wrote on the site about um, it's kind of how Valverde has run out of excuses, another poor away performance. And um, yeah, there's going to be more clamoring for him to get fired and there's going to be nothing done. So that's great. Uh, Anyways, I hope you all subscribe to the podcast. Let us know what you would like to see in the new year. Um, Consistency is the main thing for us. We've kind of, we've maintained a consistent level over the last few months and uh, we're ready to keep it going into the new year. So Hope you all enjoyed. Everything's going to be fine. Frankie de Jong's incredible. This is a good learning experience for him. Arturo Vidal staying. We're going to have midfield depth when everyone's healthy. Everything's fine. Uh, Yeah, that's all I got. Thanks for listening. See you all next time.